finally back from the movies, actually at the movies. This is the Bennett Brothers podcast for the Marvel film Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Bracelets. And I'm Jerry Bennett. And I'm Joel Bennett. Thank you for joining us as we talk about another Marvel movie. We're going to spoil it, talk about MCU connections, talk about comic book connections. We're going to have a good time with it. So if you want to join the conversation, go to Facebook.com slash Bennett Brothers Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at Bennett Bros Pod or send us an email, Bennett Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. We would appreciate it. So yeah, we're going to talk about this. We both saw it in the movie theater. We both saw it at different times. We have not talked to each other about it yet, so that's going to be exciting. So stay tuned for that. We know what if is going on right now, and we haven't done any podcasts on that because we're either going to do a podcast halfway through or a podcast at the end because we feel that show's a little bit different than the normal Marvel Cinematic Universe TV shows or movies. We had some trailers come out, including Spider-Man and a final trailer for Eternals. Yeah, Joel doesn't want to talk about those. What's that? Joel doesn't want to talk about this. I don't. I, well, we're not going to talk about them too much. <laughs> no. I, yeah, we don't. I just wanted to say wow on the Spider-Man trailer. Yes. And I'm super excited for that movie to come out. But without further ado, I guess we're going to talk about Shang-Chi. Spoilers aplenty. This is the first at Shang-Chi. Sorry. Sean. I got I to. Sean. It's, I got to get that right. His name is they, Sean. They remember. literally made a point in the movie to talk about the name being Shang. Shang-Chi. Go ahead, I'm, I'm fine with that. Initially, I was a little like, because like everybody else on the planet was calling it Shang-Chi since the 70s when I first bought a few issues of that. But it's Shang-Chi. So uh, it was a film that we saw at the theater, and it was an interesting time at the theater. They Did you have to wear a mask? I did, but then I was eating popcorn, so I wasn't wearing the mask that much. I walked in, I walked in got my ticket, had the mask on, hand, them, hand me a drink. And as soon as they had the drink, the mask was gone, and the and the and the straw was near my mouth the entire time. I'm like, well, I'm I'm, I'm kind of breaking right now. breaking the law. Yeah, well, there's only what nine people in the theater that we saw it. Uh, although, having said that, the film has been very successful at the box yeah. office for all things considered, which again makes no big deal to us other than. It shows Hollywood that they still need to keep making these movies, which is good. So yes, the uh, it's made some money. That we made get some of. money. Did you like this film? Yeah, I did. I uh, I think this is. I, I always have this conversation with my buddy Jeff, who I saw the movie with. Like, where do you rank these movies? And I, you know, it's it was good. It was on. It was different. I think it was probably on par with Black Widow in a lot of ways. I, I think there's problems. I have some plot problems. I have some story problems, but I think there was some some great great things about this movie. What about you? What'd you think? I thought this was a really good movie. It's not the best one that I've seen, but it's definitely not the worst one. And again, the worst ones are still great. So exactly in the, the Marvel, Marvel world, movie, yeah. this is a good movie. It's not perfect, and I have to figure out what I'm bringing to it that I have issues with one issue that I might be bringing to it myself is that I have seen hundreds of the best Hong Kong action films over the last 35 to 40 years in the 90s I had seen you know some of the stuff in the 80s which is you know the 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 access we had to Jackie Chan films and what like that were very few and far between from the big brawl to uh, a few films here and there, but in the 90s, we as a family every year would go down to the Art Institute in Chicago for the Hong Kong Film Fest every year and go and see 
six or seven movies a, a year. Uh, saw Jackie Chan in person. Saw Michelle Yeoh. Met met Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, I've, Michelle Yeoh and Jerry are good friends. Yes, we're real good friends. Just well, we went, we go to these things. So I love Hong Kong films, and those are the best action films. You know, been spoiled. I've seen the best. Uh, Jerry, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of Schwarzenegger films. Those are pretty good action films. I'm talking about in the martial arts. Martial arts, category. yes. Fighting. Those films are so incredible. So that I I'm, I'm bringing like okay, so that this is the world you're entering. Show me what you got. Uh, and again, we're also coming from a Marvel universe that is not devoid of good action sequences. I'm not talking about scenes where people are using a hammer with lightning. I'm talking about the Winter Soldier fighting Captain America and Black Widow fighting people. There's 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 a world of great fight sequences in these movies. Not not the same as the Hong Kong films, the Jet Li's and the Jackie Chan's and the Sammo Hung's and and you know Ewing Bien, all of those those incredible fights. But this one is supposedly in this category, and it does a really good job. Is it as good as those? No, it is not. And I, I have to think: is that my bias coming to that or not? That doesn't mean this is a bad film. It just makes me kind of there was no more. There's no real point in this where I went, oh look at that. It was kind of like, oh that's that's clearly a special effect. I had a couple moments where I said, "Ooh, look at that!" Especially during the bus fight, there was a couple when the when the guys would fly off the bus. Yeah, that was the best fight in there. I agree, that was the best fight. And that being said, you know, and the fight it, on the scaffolding was fine, but it was also I, th- I think you're muddy, right. Dirty. Are we are like, we jaded? Like, Maybe, but then I also say, you know, there are Hong, there are Hong Kong st- style movies like The Matrix, which have has that has a, a couple amazing fight scenes in there. Yeah, you've also picked the. One percent pinnacle. Again. Of course. You know, that's so I'm the, saying it trend. can be done. It can. And but again, I mean, we the, also the have fight films like John Wick, which the, are really well choreographed. But I wouldn't say they're on the level of the Hong Kong action films. Yeah. And the guy who coordinated these fights, he just recently passed away, and he's the one who gets the acknowledgement and the credits. He actually fought Jackie Chan and worked for Jackie. And you know, this guy was was great, and he, and he knows how to position the camera and how the you know. And it, again, some of the stuff that makes Hong Kong films work so well and martial art films, the best ones work so well, is not just the quality of the fight and the stunt work. It's the editing. It's the camera work. Working in conjunction. Cutting at the right time. Not cutting at the right time. You know, all those kind of things. So that I had a little bit with, but not not to take away from it. I, I really liked it. This film, uh, we'll probably talk about rankings at the end because Joel likes to rank them. I do. And that's I do. fine. Uh, I want to point out with the fighting as, as well. Uh, one of the things that makes those films, the Hong Kong films, even the, the Raid movies, the actors are doing all the fighting and the stunts. Now, I know that they're doing a lot of that in these movies, but there are a lot of stunt people and a lot of CGI bodies moving about with their faces on them of the actors. And you can tell. You can feel it. Yeah, and I also, and when people are landing, now I'm not talking about Hong Kong films like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and a lot of the wushu, a lot of the, the, the special, where they're flying around, those you accept it and it, and there's there's less gravity, less weight versus some of the other, the, the best of the Hong Kong films, you can feel the gravity. The wire work is hidden so well that you, you almost go like, oh my God, he really fell that far. He really did that. And there are times in this movie and times even in some of those best ones where you're like, oh, that body did not fall at how many feet per second as a human body would fall. And that sometimes takes me out of it. Uh, and I want to, I guess I'm dwelling well, on then, too much on this negative on this. Let right. me uh, let me preface this then by saying we were hoping that we got some really good martial arts scenes and we got okay, pretty good martial arts scenes. Yeah, that'd be so good. The, so the movie then has to make up for our enjoyment 
in other areas. Did you laugh a lot in the movie? I did not. Uh, one of my problems was Aquafina. I thought she was. I liked her. I thought she was shoehorned into this movie. I like the concept. I like, like her as an actress. Buddies, and I, actually, I actually liked her character, and I thought she had some path, you know, some pathos in scenes. I didn't think she was not funny. I just didn't think she was funny. You know, it was kind of like, you know, I, I mean, the ending bit at there when when they do in the end credits, which we'll get to, where they they come back to the karaoke scene. I laughed. Yeah. That was oh no, no. So there's, I, there's fu- some funny in movies, stuff in this. She she. And, and, you know, I don't know if they didn't play her too jokey. I mean, they did and they didn't. She I'm trying to think of another Marvel movie where they have a character who's Ant-Man? almost all almost purely comic relief. Ant Man. Ant Man's funny. That's no, the main Ant-Man's, character. No, but I'm talking about the secondary characters. Ant Man's. Uh, oh his yeah, name? you're right. That's, that's that's a comedy. That's that's a comedy guy mm-hmm. with him the whole time. I agree. That, I mean, that's a great. That's a great point. I and I, I like the idea of Aquafina being the love interest, and but like not a typical love. I like that. Well, there's no love interest. There, there I, I never. In fact, it wasn't until after I watched the movie that I read people saying like, "Oh, well, hey, maybe there'll be a love interest in the next film." The two of them. I was like watching the film. Never at no point did I look at them as other than just best really? friend buddies. Even after they made a point of having her mother go, "Nah, when are you going to marry her?" Like no, at the beginning to kind of put that I don't know if it was just because I don't her character or her as an actress or any of that stuff. I just never felt, that. I felt like these are best friends. And I actually, I, I looked at it and said, I, I actually admire this, that they could have a guy and a girl be best friends like this and not have a romance. I thought that was, you know, pretty good. And you, know, you like the idea that she saves the day with her amazing arrow shot. I don't, you know, I'm up and down about that because I'm like, do you, do you set up something earlier in the movie the way they did with her driving? And then in the bus sequence was established that she could drive stuff. And also when she's driving through the forest, they established that. Do you establish that she, you know, was, you know, had an archery merit badge and something, you know, down the, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just could, if she wasn't in this movie, the movie, I don't think would have changed. It would, would have been, been very better similar. or the same. It would have been very similar, so I don't think she actually added much to the movie. Well, she got to she got to be the uh, she's the audience proxy. He's explaining everything to her. I so guess explaining we don't to need us. what's the audience proxy and I guess Martin Freeman in Black Panther, but he doesn't appear till later on, anyways. Well, it's the well we also get Black Panther gets introduced in an entirely first movie too. That's a, that's not a really an accurate. Okay. You know you that's have, true. You have you have you know Ant Man and you have a side con- his sidekick who's telling the stories and doing all that kind of stuff. There's, I think that's just she's the audience proxy. How much she got into the movie to the point where she gets pulled in the end. Uh, th- actually, this that was the thing I had with the whole film was this movie is called Shang Chi, but it should be called the Shang Chi Family because it's almost like listen, we're making this movie. We're going to have representation, which is great. We're going to have a, a, a you know a martial arts of this character, and we're having have a, a female character, comedy sidekick. We have a female sister who's a hero. So she might, you know, like, like, is the next movie going to be called Shang-Chi and Katie and Zhang, whatever? Her, I'm sorry, I'm not pronouncing her name. Is that the, just like the Ant-Man and the Wasp? I don't know. It's it's a, it's a yes. weird film. I, I Again, again, and I, I will say this, this is the last time I'll say it. This is picking at something that I really enjoyed. So. I will also say uh, one of the things about this film I was getting tired during this film. That's just me. I, yeah, I, didn't, what, I didn't sleep the well the night before, but there were some slow moving parts of this movie with that with that uh, that music that plays behind it. With like, it's just I'm like, whoo! This is putting me into sleepy land. Well, that's the seven. I mean, again, you're talking to a guy who fell asleep during Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. You're crazy. Yeah. 
Did you see Aquaman's new suit that came out this week? I did. (laughs) All right. uh, So we're going to go back and forth a little bit with this. What worked and what didn't. And there is stuff that didn't work. And there's definitely stuff that did work. The bus fight worked. The 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 father relationship that was that was fascinating. I'm going to talk about the, the the family for a little bit here. Is obviously the character of Shang Chi's father is a problematic character uh, in the comic books, originating being a literal Fu Manchu character, which is not great. And the comic books have shifted away from that. And the movie did too. They also combined it with the Mandarin, which his father is not the Mandarin in the comics, but they found a way to merge it together, mention the Mandarin, may say he's not the Mandarin, solve the Iron Man problem. And I thought that was all fine. That worked. And, and again, Tony Lung, again, a, a Hong Kong film actor who was in some great films. He was actually in um, Prison on Fire or City on Fire with Jackie Chan, which I watched dozens of times. He's in that too. So I saw him when he was a young man in a Jackie Chan film, which was awesome. But he is fantastic he's got gravitas he does the role and i thought the character uh when we're watching the film obviously he's introduced as this warlord in the past and that's all good and that's where i thought it was going to go and then when he meets the woman who he falls in love with and they show him with the baby i was like okay so how are they going to do this because he's clearly the bad guy and i'm watching these scenes with him with the kid and like they're showing a a tender moment but they're not focusing too much on it i'm I'm watching it going okay that's smart because they don't want us to uh, you know, identify with him and, 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 you know, be on his side. So we're showing a little bit of him. But then as the movie kept going with more flashbacks, I'm like, oh no, they are showing him in a positive light. And it kept getting more and more positive to the point at the end when they're doing the uh, dance, dance revolution with the kids. I'm like, oh, wow, he's not going to be the bad guy in this, or he's not going to stay the bad guy in this. They're giving him a positive role, which also made me wonder is like, does that mean that because of representation, you don't want anybody to be the bad guy in this. Oh, I, I don't wasn't know about sure. That. You know, I wasn't sure because they, well, they literally because he's he's literally the villain who kills people and has been doing it for hundreds of years, mm-hmm. if not longer. I did. And at the end of this, he's like he's like he's just a dad, and you 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 empathize with him. I did read somewhere that someone said the rings corrupted him. And then when he takes the rings off, that's when he started having a good life again. But I was like, I, also I don't know. I think I think love is what changed him. Yeah, I was. I will also say that taking the rings off was a good way of actually letting him age a little bit. Mm-hmm. The character, I mean, the actor. I think they had him look a little bit younger in the earlier parts. It's hard to say because the man's aging incredibly well. You but, ready for uh, a, a theory? Go ahead. The the rings, which you jokingly call bracelets, and they are bracelets in this movie. Mm-hmm. What if the what if they're actually rings for a celestial because they're gigantic? I thought about that. I thought about how the Lord of the Rings ring, the ring, the one ring changes size and everything. maybe this doesn't change size. It's just that's the well, size. Well, in the comics, they're they, a ring on someone. The comics, that big. the rings are actually part of an alien race that are like dragons, and that's where Fing Fang Foom comes from, and all this other. That's a dragon, a famous dragon, Kirby dragon that was created in the Marvel comics, and so there's connectivity to that. Like maybe they are actual rings. Uh, I, I you know, they, they chose what to do in here. Obviously, you mm-hmm. can if you want to see an example of rings that are very similar, you can watch Kung Fu Hustle and see a guy who has those rings on his arm or those bracelets or whatever you want to call them on his arms. So it's not completely you know what I out do? of the world. I want to watch Kung Fu Hustle right now because that movie's amazing. Yes, that is an incredible movie. That movie, yeah, that's that's a, that's a, that's that movie is incredible. There was a Kung Fu Hustle poster on the wall right next yep. to the Warriors poster. I had to tell my kids. By the way, this was the first film. Actually, all four of us, me and my wife and two of my, my boys, we actually went to the theater. Uh, we haven't 
we almost never go out together, so our schedules all worked. We all saw the movie, and, and everybody enjoyed it. Did Debbie you guys sing it. the Marvel opening? Debbie and I did. Yeah. <laughs> the boys were not having it. That's awesome. Yeah, that was not cool. Every time we watch a Marvel show or movie in our basement on the big screen, we all do. You know, we, we sing along in a very... And so we jokingly said, you know, when we get to the theater, we got to do this. And they're like, yeah, we got to do that. We got to the theater. I want to be in a movie theater where the whole theater's doing it. Oh, I know. It's been... Dun, 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 dun. And we did it like Debbie goes, I did that as loud as I could. And it was so loud she couldn't hear it. And I'm like, yeah, Jason was not happy with that. He's like, that's awesome. So you you talked about how he, we see him progressing through the eras of time and all that when he gets to like the Napoleon. When he when they first show him and in, in the medieval uh, feudal times, I love that because that reminded me of like a lot of Kurosawa with like Ron and stuff like that. Yeah, and I was like, it was only I wanted to see more of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I wanted to see more of that. I was like, give me, I want a, I want a whole movie taking place in that time period because that would be an awesome Marvel movie. Okay. Yeah, just, just, uh, just letting you know how I feel. Staying with the family. I enjoyed the story structure, how they told stuff through flashback as it went forward, and eventually revealing how the mom died and all that. I thought that was all great. The sister, what's her what's her name? Well, <laughs> well I didn't know you were going to call me out on it. Zan, Sean. She is not from the comics. There are definitely been sisters and other siblings in the comics. Zhaoling. Zhaoling. They, they, they created her, and she did feel created. She felt Marvel Studio created and not comic book created. That's not saying it's bad, but it didn't feel... Her, her backstory was good. Her, her characterization in present day with the Fight Club and everything didn't work as great as I hoped it would, but it wasn't terrible. Uh, yeah, we talked about Katie. You're not a fan. I mean, I'm, what do you yeah, think no, of him? You think of him? How'd you think? How did he do? He did good. Uh, you know, it's. There was two times I'm, when I laughed out loud, when uh, his reaction, like when, and they showed it in the trailer, and I laughed the trailer too. When when he when he's in the in the cage where the he cage. fights his sister, and she goes, "What happened to your shirt?" And he just throws his arms up. You know, they, that they, he did that later in the movie, and I can't remember what it was too, where he just did this, you know, just you know this, this exasperated look, and I love that. I thought you know that what was it's really going to be? And I'm gonna. Uh, Kind of spoil the talk about the end just a little bit here with his acting and with his character. When I think about the best Marvel movies, they're always the movies with like heroes interacting with other heroes. I mean, like obviously the Avengers movies, Captain America: Civil War, like or or even like the Spider Man and Iron Man, like when other when other fran- when other characters come in from other properties and they interact. And I love that because you're already you're getting an established character coming in. That's why the pro the post credit sequence, which we'll talk about, is so cool. because it's like, oh, here are some of the the characters that I really love. You know, Captain Marvel and and Bruce Banner. Like, this is great. You're putting them together. I want to see that. I want that to be in every damn movie because that's what MCU is at now. Obviously, they have to establish these characters on their own. I mean, you know what? I take that back. They don't need to do that because we have Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye as examples of people who didn't have their own movies, and they were just fine as characters. Also, uh, Black Panther. uh, No, Black Panther is Spider Man. Uh, They were all. Those were both introduced to movies without having movies out before. Correct. 
Wait, what? Black Panther and Spider-Man were both introduced in Spider-Man Civil War before each of, either of them had an individual movie. And maybe that's the better – maybe I like that better. I don't know because uh, this is a, a one-off movie that could be tied to the MCU. Obviously, we have Benedict Wong in there and we have, you know, the Abomination. But I don't know. I think that watching him act off the people that we've already seen, I think that would give it, make his character even better and his acting even better. Again, Ant-Man did the same thing, and then he had a meeting with Falcon in the first movie. Yes. But it's just a small moment, but that's... But that being said, Paul Rudd is a pretty well-established actor in that part. He's probably one of the most established actors in the MCU. I don't understand what your point is. You asked me how his acting was, and I said it was good. I would have liked to have seen him act off of people we're already familiar with in the MCU. Okay. All right. I thought he was great. I thought he did a great job in the role. I see this guy... uh, you know, good things for him in the future. Really impressed with, with what they did with him and his characters. Uh, that's a lot of positive. Uh, and that Talking about, we can talk about Marvel stuff. From, and obviously we get references to the blip, which is the snap, which has happened in the past. Nothing too much, but it's thrown out there. So we have those moments. You mentioned the abomination and, and Wong. Those were both two good characters. I thought that was all handled well. We know that the abomination is going to show up in the She-Hulk show. I thought that was all good. Uh, fun fact, the Abomination, uh, his voice was done by, <sighs> what the heck's his voice? Um, you trying to say Tim Roth? Tim Roth, thank you. He did do the voice. You got that confirmed? Because I heard yep, it was that just. Was, well, that was confirmed. Okay. They they said they they recorded his voice and they used it to manipulate and stuff Why? like that. That's just silly. It's like, ah, the Abomination. You know, who knows? <laughs> they yeah, they cool. literally got a guy who can do the Red Skull in Hugo Weaving voice. Yeah, but it's, it's just cool. That, I mean, it, it's so awesome that this movie goes, hey, remember the abomination from the Forgotten Hulk movie? He's back. That's awesome. Hey, remember remember the the third Iron Man movie, like, which is some consider the worst Iron Man movie or worst Marvel movie? Like, yeah, oh, we're going to fix some of the things that were wrong in that. Speaking of that one, did you know in the fight sequence when they're getting up to the abomination and Wong – there's that one fight scene where, where the one mm-hmm. guy goes, nice job, Helen. That woman who's fighting in there is one of the Black Widows. Oh, really? I yes, didn't know she's that. She's wearing a Black Widow outfit. We saw her in Black Widow. Oh, really? And that... she's fighting somebody who has extremists extremist, in, their, yeah. extremist in their body, which is from Iron Man. So those that's that's little, cool. I didn't yeah. know about. I knew about the extremists because obviously I could see it, yeah. but I did not know about the uh, the Black Widow. Another connection was also the guy doing the play by play on the bus, which was kind mm-hmm. of funny. No, I thought he was awful. I thought that he was funny because you were going to say he's in Spider-Man. Yeah, he is in Spider-Man. Hey, Spider-Man, do the flip. Which is weird because this is in San Francisco and Spider-Man's, but maybe he but, moved. But now he's on the bus and the guy's acting like his life isn't in jeopardy in any way, shape, or form as the bus is playing. He never, and you know what? It took me right out. I was like, you're just, you're trying to be funny as opposed to okay, it being I funny. I see that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it wasn't. I don't know. It was fine. I thought uh, the guy who played Razor Fist, I thought that was oh, all good. He was great. How does that sword go up in his arm? It makes no sense. It's nanotechnology. I'm okay with it. His name's Razor Fist. That's yeah. fantastic. Which I believe is a real villain in the comics. Uh, yeah, the Golden Daggers, which is where the sister has. That's a comic book reference. Uh, there's an organization in there. So, so what's up with, with Wong and the Abomination? Uh, Are they friends? They're, with, they're supposed to be putting a, they're supposed to be putting a fight on for money because Wong has been established as not having money so he took the Abomination out 
they're friends, they're fighting, and then when he gets a real hit on him, he goes, hey, that hurt, Emil, and then he uses it so that the abomination punches himself out. So that's what it was supposed to show, which is weird in one sense, the fact that Wong shows up in all intents and purposes a comedy bit. He comes up, hey, we're punt fighting, now I'm going to take him back to his cage, and that's it. and then at the end when he shows up and it's dramatic, it's like, you, you only established this character in the movie in a silly way, and now he's in a serious way. I liked it, but it was a little little weird. Man, Wong has been in a lot of movies. I feel like he... he has <laughs> When's been Wong going to get his own movie? He's only been in, up to this point, this was his fourth film, but we know he's got two more coming up. Strange, think, the two Avenger movies in this one? Yes, but we've seen him in a trailer for Spider-Man, so that makes it feel like he's been in another one, and we also know he's in Doctor Strange too. so he's actually... This is his fourth, but he's got two more coming up right around the corner. So the four... The actor's been in a lot. <laughs> so that's four. Yeah. Paul Rudd's been in five, correct? Paul Rudd has Ant-Man. been in one, two event, two Ant Man, mm-hmm. one Captain America, and one Avengers. Only one Avengers. So he's been the same <laughs> as Ant Man. Doctor I'm, Strange has been in two Avengers, one Thor, and one Doctor Strange. But again, he's got two films coming up. Yeah. So I mean, that sounds like Wong is. He's getting his share of. Uh, Are you trying to say that since he's been in forum that four Wongs make right? (laughs) I can't do that joke anymore. I've already done that joke. I know. It's so terrible. Oh, so get Wong. Uh, There was, uh, in the fight sequences, there was a flag in that cage that was a flag of Madripoor, which is the fictional city we saw in Falcon and the Witcher Soldier. The character of the Death Dealer, which is the character who gets really almost no use time in here, is a villain from Shang-Chi comic books. Uh, That's the one with the mask on, who's part of the... Uh, mm-hmm. Ten rings, and then he just gets killed off. Like, Whoa. and I'm okay. I'm I'm, I'm okay. It's like, oh, another assassin character, very reminiscent of Black Widow and the uh, assassin character from that. Like, I do like that he was going to kill him. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great, and they also explained that yeah, he did kill. I like, like this this character has done some stuff. So, uh, one character who I liked initially, but wore out his welcome really fast, was who Joel? Oh no way. I love this character, and I wanted more of him. Trevor Slattery, played by Ben Kingsley. No way. I wanted, I'm like, oh, he's staying in the movie. This is great. I was nope. not enjoying it. And part of the reason, part of this is not against Ben Kingsley. I think he's Sir, fine, but a little ben bit Kingsley. goes a long way with this guy. I loved it. I did not. It was too much. I, nah, I was, I was too tired of it. It didn't add anything other than trying to put in comedy that wasn't that funny. And it was also distracting that he had a cartoon animated ottoman with him the whole time which i hated i yes, hated but that the, car- i but- hated the no-faced computer generated fuffball i feel that this will date the movie five years from now you do realize though with- that's a character from chinese culture you do realize that five years from now we're going to look I'm not back at this CG that, work but I don't the see same you way we look back at about, the 90s. I don't see you saying that about the fox with seven tails or the Didn't lions care for that much or either. the dragon. It, it got a little silly. It got, it got, but those are all creatures from, col- from Chinese that. culture. I understand that. And it, you can tell me that, and that's great. And you could tell me we're watching a Black Panther movie and there is a, a culture uh, – that's fine. It does, still, I don't like this animal that has no head that's making the I, – I look at the credits. I wonder if the if the voice is done by Frank, Frank Welker. Welker. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like every time you're like, oh, he does the voice of dolphin of the dolphin in uh, Sequest. I don't want to hear that anymore. Remember Sequest, Joel? Oh, yeah, Jonathan Brandis. Darwin, dolphin, kill me now. I mean, that's an accurate representation of how annoying that voice was over two seasons. I don't seasons. know. I, I, they, why are you on Sequest all of a sudden? <laughs> 
Because that's how the, these sounds are. But this, these, oh. you can understand oh. why they put it in. No, right? I, I I thought it was a, 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 a. I go back to what you said earlier. It was an attempt at humor. Oh, that I didn't agree land. with that. I don't think I thought most of these bits didn't. I could. And also, there some of it was was out there ahead of time. Like when they're sitting there waiting for the forest to open up. And the guy's like, okay, how long is it going to be? Is it hours, days, week? And then Ben Kingsley starts talking. He's like, well, it could take. And, it could, and as soon as he's doing that, I'm going to go, oh, he's going to say right now, any second. you know. And sure enough, he's like, we don't know. Oh, right now. And I was like, this joke was so set up ahead of time. And it's not even that funny of a joke. Uh, I don't know. So I, I, I disagree. I thought, I thought Trevor uh, was awesome in this movie. And I thought it was a great way to I like fix in there. problems from Iron Man 3. I think I think five minutes would have been enough. That's fine. Um, I I'm glad I got more. And I'll be. It was interesting. I had, when I told Jeff this. I was like, the day the day this movie came out, or the day before, Disney Plus released like they're like just added the one shot. And I was like, why would you add that one shot if it's not going to come into play? Because they like they you know in the just added. Section. I knew he was in the movie. I didn't. But I knew it after I saw that they had the one shot. I'm like, oh, they're gonna deal with this in some way. I didn't know if he was gonna. I didn't know he was gonna be in the movie, but I knew they were gonna. Uh, he deal was on with, the red carpet premiere. I knew they were gonna deal with the Mandarin. Once he was on the red carpet premiere, it was it was that was the giveaway. Yeah, I I, I I'm happy that they. He was like, I'm happy they kind of reckoned. They never. They didn't deal with the fact that in Iron Man one there was the ten rings. Yeah, they did. It was it was shown when they were showing the Ten Rings uh, beginning of the movie, and they were showing how they had done stuff through the centuries. They showed them as an organization. You know, it, that was part of the organization, even though the organization wasn't actually around at that time. It was around at that time. Okay, well, well I, I, I didn't, I didn't get that this. connection. But that's that. cool that they so did that. So maybe okay. So that was actually two thousand eight. Yeah. What time? What, when is this movie supposed to take place? Uh, well, it said present it, day. It, it said but it, it, the first time we see the flashback, though, when the kids it was like ninety seven. So if it's nineteen ninety seven, and this movie, the the actor is supposed to be what twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty somewhere in there. He's clearly he's clearly not twenty five. So he's older. He's he's been on his own. Didn't his dad say that he got ten years? So he left around. 15, 14, 15. So he's, I think he's supposed to be a little older. The blip happened, you know, whatever those five years were. So that, that's where the time frame gets a little wobbly. Like, but it did say present day as the thing. So I'm assuming this is present day. Avengers five years. Yeah. See, I don't know. Bottom line. So you're asked. So, so back to what we talked about, where did this fit in with that? I guess you could either say that the, that was another organization that had appropriated the 10 rings, or that was just an extension of it. And, and I guess when he left the rings behind, did that turn the whole organization off or he just didn't deal with it anymore and it was running on its own and he absorbed it back in? We don't know that specifically, I don't think. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, I just didn't, I, you said they mentioned it. I just didn't see that. But if they did, that's awesome. So that's that's really cool that they brought into the Ten Rings with that. Again, did I, you like I, when, uh, I like the Ten the, Rings. Did you the, like the reference to Falcor and the never ending story? When he's riding the dragon, <laughs> I was like, I was just like, I didn't even put that. Oh together. my god! As soon as the dragon, I'm in the background going, "Turn around, look." It was the never-ending story scene. We're just riding it, like, yeah. You know what else <laughs> threw me off? Because we get the end credits, and we see Captain Marvel, yes. but now her CGI hair is long. Why was it CGI hair? Because she had CGI hair in the first movie, so. I'm assuming it's CGI hair again. She had CGI hair in the. She didn't, yeah. She, she didn't cut her hair short. 
No, the, the first movie, not the not the Avengers Endgame. She has short hair in Avengers Endgame. Yeah, well, uh, but I mean, the, in the first the movie, I'll, sh- I'll show you some of the pictures. They're 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 crazy. It's like, oh, that's all digital hair. Oh, because it's always flying around. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. So she her hair is long again in this movie. So that means she had to have time to grow out her hair. Well, okay, the last time we saw her was Endgame. Yeah, twenty twenty two. Whatever. So time has gone by we don't know specifically you can say 2023 but we don't know specifically so her hair has grown it didn't look as long as before but it's clearly grown longer so at least a year has gone by maybe two so her hair has grown in two years so 2023 2024 2025 i say it tracks again you're throwing out dates that i don't know how much again every time you're you're, you're referencing the same organization that had Spider-Man Homecoming, say, eight years later. And of then they course. had to backtrack it. So well, none I don't of want it, them to make that mistake again. So, yeah. So none of, it, none of that matters, really, at this point. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I'm just... Well, it does I matter. I did not know that she and, and Hulk it, were going to be in this. That was Bruce Banner. I thought that was good. It, it does... It does... It doesn't. ...make sense when you do something like Fury's Big Week, when you find out these all took place on the same week. You know, I'm and just, then they go to the what if, and then they I, I, reference I, I, that. I, you can keep talking about it. The the, the hair thing and the date thing, I, we're going to spin. Oh, no, no. I was just more. putting that out as an example of, like, if we say this happens a year after the blip, like, she grew her I hair out. I didn't say that. Year. I, I, the, the, we don't know how. Five years. We, we don't know. A year after end game is what I we, should all, all we know is present day. They're really smart in saying present day. Of course. And that's why I asked a question. Had they have said the date, Jerry, guess what? Yeah. I wouldn't have asked the question, when I, do you think this takes place? And also, she's got... All sorts of crazy magic on her. Her, her. She can breathe in space, so clearly her hair can grow at any rate it wants to grow. And it's also bulletproof. So well, you, at least I didn't ask, you know, does this take place during Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I don't care. I know you don't care. It just <laughs> makes you angry. So Bruce Banner is no longer Professor Hulk. His arm is still in a sling. Well, do we, do we want to talk about the ending now, or are we still going through the movie? I was just jumping all over the place. Where do you want to go next? Well, so we, we, had, we, we had the fight sequence uh, in the... In the arena, the golden daggers. Then we had the fight sequence with the bamboo, which is interesting because they actually use bamboo over in China to do scaffolding, which I thought was very interesting. I did not know that. It makes sense. Which I thought that fight scene was fine, but it was dark. It was dark. And it was hard to follow. It was that 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 muddies it up, and I don't like that. We you can you don't have to do that to cover stuff up. So that that that, that frustrated me. And a you little. know what they never showed? They never showed the you know the ten bodies that were lying on the ground dead from impact to the well, ground. I'm fine with that. We're like They would show the body falling and you'd look down like, is really now like, where are the other bodies at that just fell that smushed on the ground in front of people? So that was, I thought that fight scene was good, bringing the sister back. All that was good. And then, you know, then then, it, then the movie like changes. Well, right? yeah, after, after three fight sequences with little in between it says slow down joel's tired mm-hmm. he's gonna take a little nap here <laughs> we're gonna play some mu- joel is taking nap music was ringing in the background <laughs> and it was fine in the water wall and then the the weird excuse for them to go like the dad's like we're gonna go and they're like yay he's like what are you gonna do well we're gonna burn them down hey you can't burn- throw him in jail and then what and she screams and now you're all in your your prison i'm like that felt a little contrived only to get them to meet Trevor Slattery so that they can breast out. And then they take Razor, Razor Claw's car, which was fine. The Razor Mobile. Yeah. So they go to this forest that changes shape. Which they stole from Harry Potter. Which is great. I mean, it's a cool concept. Other than the idea of, can't you just fly above it? 
Yeah, I don't think about that. <laughs> I was sitting there going, I'm like, wow, it's a good thing they don't have any flying characters. Yeah, he took in this. a helicopter just, at one point, like just fly. A helicopter, a drone or something like that. Like, Did they establish, though, it's hard to find this thing? Like you have to find a particular. Wasn't it under a waterfall? It was. It's under a, well, a water portal that's yeah. very similar to the sling room portal. Unless, you know, they, they should have put a line dialogue in that the, the waterfall moves. <laughs> yeah, I think, it, I, I don't know if it does. I, I don't know the, the magic behind it. But it was it was a little plot. Con- it was a little like they created it, and they went, "You have to drive this car really fast to get through." So what did they do back in the day before cars? And how oh, did all, they did, how no did all the him. other cars make it through following them? Yeah, they never. But but before cars, they never made it because those trees move so fast. Yeah, stay in the pocket. And I was like, "What? Get out of here!" Like back in the day when there were horses, the horses all died. <laughs> no one ever made it in or out. They rode the dragons. Not a dragon's never left that area. <laughs> so what's the area, Jerry? What is the land? It's just another mystical city. It's Kung from Lao? the comics. No, <laughs> that's the... a different one. Uh, but it's fine. When they got there, they had, were surrounded by CGI characters, which uh, just, it was fine. The dragon was fine. The, the golden lions were fine. You have to assume that they're all, you know, that the golden lions can understand English and they work good. And it's just, I would rather the creatures be more like real creatures, like, like horses, you know, or cows, I, I, you were as, opposed going, to, as opposed to like, they, they can talk and they're, you know, you were like, this is Shang-Chi and the fan, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi and the Fantastic Beast and where to find them. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That would have been a good name because then I would have had fun with that name. Oh, I'm so happy it wasn't the name. <laughs> Joel hates when I do that because there's that new movie coming out, Fantastic Beast, where they hiding this week. I oh, love that's that the worst. <laughs> it's not even, that's not a funny joke either. It's so good. Yeah. Kamar Taj or Taj. Uh, oh, that's no, that's a different place. That's where they uh, Wong has that center where they or the mystic, master of the mystic arts. That's that separate city, Kamartaj. So they go they go to the city, and he he meets his aunt, who was a guardian of the galaxy. She had different makeup on, different look, different. Yeah, she's talking about Michelle Yeoh, close personal friend of mine who's in the movie. <laughs> yes, she's always awesome. She's a Bond girl. She played she's Alita Ogard. She's tiger. She's fantastic. Ogard in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Hey, did you laugh a lot when Katie got confronted and she started singing the Hotel California? Wasn't that yeah. a funny scene? Did you? Because I didn't think that was funny. I mean, it, it, it's, but you thought that was funny later, so they needed to do that then in order to establish it later. Yeah, just the execution the first time when she was confronted didn't work. But yeah, Michelle Yeoh is always great. And I don't know who the actor was who played the other older guy who was the grumpy bow and arrow. He looked real familiar. I'm oh, sure yeah. he's been in a bunch of films. I like, yeah, they killed all these people and they stayed dead. I was like, oh, impressive. All right. So the, yeah, the, the CGI animated ending here was definitely better than the CG animated Black Panther ending. Yes. But like at least with Black Panther, those rhinos seem like real rhinos. Maybe it's because they're real animals, but they didn't like you know, they didn't you know, talk to them or anything. So uh by the way, Morris, the the, the creature that you hate, was voiced by uh, D. Bradley Baker of Clone Wars fame. So silly. So silly. Takes me out. Takes me out when they do that kind of stuff. I I, I mean those movies are great when you can do it right. It just that didn't work for me. But the ending with the dad, the dad sacrifices, and then they, you know, I, I think what they, they killed it with the power of love or something. They were fighting weird creatures. I'm surprised they weren't fighting, fighting a gas cloud. It was fine. I, I like the idea that their weapons 
the other weapons didn't work. It was they need the dragon scale weapons. And I was like, like we can work together. And then Razorclaw looks around, and all of his guys have completely defeated the other guys. <laughs> They're oh, all tied. Yeah. Like, how, when did that happen? Because just two seconds earlier, they were mm-hmm. all fighting pretty equally. But regardless, I thought that was okay because obviously they were setting up the ten rings to be a continual thing where women get to fight later on, which was fine, I guess. And have any problem with that? Is it going to be an organization that is going to do good in the world? I don't know. Kind of or, is she t- or is she the one who's talking to uh, – no, no she's not that. I don't talking know. to – what's her name from Falcon and the Winter Soldier at the end? Uh, Sharon Carter. Sharon Carter, thank you. Possibly. They could be setting something up like that. Uh, yeah, and that's the movie. It has the hotel uh, – the first teaser with Wong, or with Wong and uh, – Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner and Captain Marvel. Yeah. Yep, like you were saying. So Bruce Banner Bruce is no Banner longer. The, he's no longer the Professor Hulk, at least, because why would he? Why would he change? And that has a lot of speculation. Obviously, his arm is still in the sling, and that has something to do with the fact that the Russo brothers hoped that the Hulk would have a permanent injury, the same way Thanos was damaged. It was irreversibly damaged. But I still think he's his his hand looked better than it did in the previous one. So he's going to get. And, his but arm that being back. said, his arm's going to be better. And did this I, movie take place two years after? So consequently, no, Endgame. So, so has his arm been in a sling I believe for two years? in the next movie, they're switching up so that they can build towards, because they, they recently talked about getting the Hulk back to being able to do a Hulk movie from Universal. There's talk of Bruce Banner, of Mark Ruffalo, who's already voiced in a What If episode, is going to be in the She-Hulk show. And eventually he will be doing a World War Hulk movie, possibly, and having him. Maybe this is setting up towards that. Maybe now that he's longer a Professor Hulk, maybe he'll be... The Gray Hulk, when he becomes Joe Fixit, which is a great character. Maybe it ties in with the Red Hulk. Maybe they're setting him up to replace him with Amadeus Choi, so there'll be a new Hulk, which I hope they don't do, but there's been speculation about that down the road. We'll see. I think, I like to think Mark Ruffalo is really enjoying doing these parts, so. He enjoying that check, probably. He doesn't want to stop. He's enjoying the money. Well, he's one, of those, he, he's one of the actors, and we talk about this all the time. He doesn't have to get himself into physical conditions, so he can just be himself, <laughs> and then they CGI everything for him. Yeah. I thought Captain Marvel was fine. Uh, I thought it was interesting. They're talking about how when Shang-Chi uses the rings, it sends out this signal. What do you think the signal is it's sending out to? Is he? Is it the first signal that's being sent out to bring Galactus to? I didn't even... I, this didn't even register me the first time I watched this movie. Like they were sending a signal, I was I was just so blown away. I'm like, look at this! Why he's, he's got his arm in a sling still? And I like, oh man, I missed kind of what they said. <laughs> yeah, it's, they registered that once he'd used it, it sent out a signal. What is the signal? Is the signal? It could be anything. It's, it's you know, but it's so funny at the end of this, at the end of the movie, they look at him and Wong's like, "Welcome to the party." Translation: Katie, you're now an Avenger. You know, it's like. Why is Katie an Avenger? You know, not everybody has to be an Avenger. You can just be a hero. You can just be like that's like, like when the X Men and the Fantastic Four turn up. It's like Fantastic Four, you're now an Avenger, and they're like, we we already have a team. No, no, you're an Avenger. Like Daredevil, no. you're now an Avenger. Stop it! I'm a defender. No. But yes, love that. Uh, the final one where we see her, the sister, setting up the ten rings which has all sorts of really cool graffiti on the walls now so you know that it's hip and now i was wow. well and they did that thing where they panned out and then they showed it was women and i was like what and then they showed the guys i was like okay and then like, the women are beating the guys and you're like what well I, I, that's fine if they are but i was like we're modernizing it 
we're turning all the guys to women. Like, wait, wait a minute here. <laughs> Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you have both? But they did. So, uh, that's about all I wanted to talk about. We anymore. didn't talk about Fu Manchu at all, really. What's there to talk about? I don't know. Exactly. The mustache? I don't know. Talk about the Peter Sellers comedy classic, The Fiendish Plot of Dr. Fu Manchu. Nobody talks about that one. I wonder why. By the way, this is uh, Mark Ruffalo's eighth appearance okay. in the MCU. All right, so let's bring it down to the last thing we will talk about this movie is Joel's ranking of the film. He now has to rank 24 <laughs> films. Again, I think this is... Uh... This is towards the bottom, but not at the bottom. No, I think this is probably in the middle. It, it, it's. Is it it's better the, than any of the Avengers films? No. Is it better than any of the Captain America films? No. Spider Man films? No. Is it better than the Guardians of the Galaxy films? No. Okay, then you're almost past the halfway point at this point. Is it better than the Ant Man films? It's on par with the Ant Man films. Is it better than Doctor Strange? It's I like I the, Doctor Strange is one of those ones that I love Doctor Strange. Okay, and I think that's most people probably make Doc, put Doctor Strange more towards the bottom. Is it better than two of the Thor films? Yes. Really, two of them? Huh? Yes. Is it better than two of the uh, Iron Man films? Oh yeah. Wow, you hate Iron Man one that much? That's crazy. I think it's on par with Iron Man one. Is it better than the Incredible Hulk? Yes. Interesting. Okay. So you're saying it's 16. <laughs> I did the math. I think it's... I don't think it's as good as Black Panther. And you're not a big Black Panther fan. I like Black Panther. I just think it... I think... I think there was a... I think the Spider-Man uh, Homecoming was a better movie. And, but and, and, so, and, so, and so was and so was Thor Ragnarok, and they all came around out around the same time, and everyone's like, "Black Panther's the best." It's like, wait a minute, did you not see Thor Ragnarok or Spider Man Homecoming? Like those movies are better than Black Panther. Was this movie better than Captain Marvel? That's a great comparison. Was that, it better than that's Black probably Widow. the best comparison right there? What about Black Widow? And it's on par with that too. And the only reason I give Captain Marvel a little bit more because I really like. Phil Coulson and Samuel L. Jackson being in that movie, those movies. But I, I say the, those three films are all about the same. What did you think of the soundtrack and the, and the music in the movie? Outside of it putting me to sleep, uh, I liked it. <laughs> did you like so, it? I, it was fine. It was fine. Some of the songs, obviously, I didn't know it. And then all of a sudden, at the end, then, like it's like they have all these uh, different hip-hop music, which was great. And then, like, but at the end, we're going to throw out Hotel California because we're putting some money. We're going to pay the Eagles a couple million dollars for this so that everybody has a song to sing at the end, which was an interesting choice. I liked it. So, yeah, I put this movie middle to bottom middle. But, again, it's still better than everything else. So, good job, Marvel. Another good movie. Yeah, right? That's just it. I, I'm, I'm really excited to watch this movie again. I'm slowly watching Black Widow a second time, and it's taking a long time. And I don't know if it's because it's, it's, it's a good film, but it didn't. You know, once I get past the action scene, I'm like now right, right in the middle where they go to find the mother at the pig farm, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be. A yeah, but that here. you've now added the comedic relief into that movie, and that's where I think it really picks up because I think that's where Black Black Widow really has the comedy going for it. Okay. What is the funniest Marvel movie? Ragnarok. Is it Ragnarok? Yeah, you're right. Well, I didn't know if Ant Man's really funny. No, as Ragnarok well. is that's that's that is a no brainer. As yeah, far right. as I think. That, that What's movie. the second funniest Marvel movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, maybe Guardians of the Galaxy 2. The first Avengers? Guardians of the Galaxy 2, yeah. Yeah, Drax is so good in that. <laughs> yeah, it's really good, too. It's so funny. Awesome. All right, so that is the end of the podcast. We are looking to, like Joel said, we'll either put out uh, a halfway there what if or all the way there what if. After that, or maybe before that, it looks like we may be doing a Venom sequel, which is weird because the Venom sequel is going to be coming out before the Morbius. The Morbius, Mobius, Morbius trailer came hmm. out like which one is like it, year that came out like a year before the Venom trailer, and that's pushed way off. But because this was so successful at the box office, Venom has now moved up two weeks. There was even talk, speculation of it pushing away, the same way Top Gun Maverick has gone away. But now that this has shown that people will go to the theaters, Venom is there. So I will probably hate the Venom movie, but I maybe um, won't hate it as much as the last one. I have not watched. You know the, I have not watched that first one a second. You're time. probably going to hate it. And you're going to have low expectations, and you're going to come out and go, oh, that wasn't bad. I've watched the Venom movie a couple of times. I enjoy, That's a fun movie. Eddie. Yeah, that, well, he, that's the best part of the movie. Is it? Oh, my. Oh, absolutely. Not, not she Venom when she shows up? She Venom. Didn't his girlfriend, his girlfriend, his wife shows up? She's Venom for one point. She's In a, the first movie? Yeah, she's a female Venom at one point. Did what you are you talking me? about? Michelle, what's her name? She shows up, and she's she's got a symbiote around her at one point when they're in the woods. Did you not see Venom? I don't know what you're talking about. She Venom. I don't remember there being a She Venom. Michelle Williams. Yeah. There's a picture. Remember in the woods? She shows up as She Venom and she kisses him. Is it a dream sequence? No, it's a scene in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Your movie that you watched several times. I have watched it several times. Are you sure you've By several, seen it? I mean two. I think you're thinking of something like Spider Man. You know, into the multiverse because yes, yeah, there's a whole sequence where he makes out with her while she's dressed as she Venom. Eddie, give me tongue. Oh, that's terrible. Oh yeah, here, here, here. Here's a gif. Look at that gif. Look at that. They're making out there. I don't remember that. That's scene. the movie. I stand by my decision. Venom's a not a good film. It's not a terrible film. There's bad films out there, but this was not a good film. I can't remember. Did I? I hope I. We're gonna go back and listen to the podcast. Like I raved about how good it was. That'd be bad. That would be awesome. You yeah. should go back and listen to that. No, nobody go back and listen to that. Nobody go back and listen to that. But if you were and you want to comment, Joel, how can they get in touch with us? I already did all that. Do go back again. and listen to the first part. Listen to this podcast over again. Oh, that'll be doing a good. All right, guys. We'll uh, hopefully enjoy this. If you have any opinions on Shang Chi, as we always say, open up your window and just yell it out there because that's how we hear it. Oh, get off uh, the dang roof. <laughs> What did, oh, son of a gun. Nicholas had an, an opinion on this movie, and I can't remember what it is. I'm sorry, Nick. You said something about the movie. Oh, what the heck did he say? Well, Nick had a thought on it. So there, I, I gave his input. Thank you for your input, Nick. Um, he was really excited at the end when the other Avengers were there. So, All right, guys. I'm Jerry. I'm Joel. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs> <laughs>